Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. My name is Andrew Bateman. I'll be your host for today. Joining me in the studio is my colleague, Jenna Filipkowski, Director of Research at HCI. Jenna, how about you tell us a little bit about our guests for today? Thanks, Andy. So our guests today are Cynthia Bowman. She is the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer, and Narada Yadav, Senior Vice President, Head of Diversity and Inclusion Learning at Bank of America. Welcome, Cynthia and Namrata. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you for having us. So we're really excited to hear from you at our upcoming 2016 Global Talent Management Conference, where your keynote is entitled, Realizing the Power of Our People Through Inclusion. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that concept for our listeners, and specifically, what are the elements of an organizational culture that can allow employees to feel no fear when it comes to bringing their authentic selves to work? Absolutely. So this is Cynthia. First and foremost, I believe that diversity and inclusion has to be a part of your company's culture, which I'm proud to say we have at Bank of America. Diversity and inclusion is core to how we live our purpose of making the financial lives better for our customers and our clients. Uh, just to bring that to life, one of our core values is to realize the power of our people. But we also have an operating principle at our company around uh, creating a great place to work. And all of those are a component of what we call our overall placemat, which drives every decision that we make here as a business. And diversity and inclusion are core components of that strategy. It's also, though, really about our people. It's about talent. And it's about diversity, which many people will talk about the mix and inclusion, which is really making that mix work. So we recognize diversity in all of our talent, whether it be their backgrounds or their experience or other types of diverse elements that they bring to bear when they come to work every day. And we really do believe that that helps us connect to our customers and our clients, also helps to bring about innovation by diversity of thought, um, and really helps us to create more ideas to better reach our customers and our clients. It's also really clear to embed these elements from a cultural perspective, also in how you operate, more specifically in some of your policies and your programs. So whether it's in our code of conduct or as a part of our employee networks, which we have 11 employee networks, over 50,000 people participate. We have over 80,000 memberships across the globe with over 200 chapters. And they're a core component of how we connect and live our culture through our talent on a day-to-day basis. And this is Namrata. So, you know, as an employee, I feel that I can bring my authentic selves to work because it is modeled at the top. We have our senior leaders who share the stories, are vulnerable enough to tell us, you know, what they think about diversity and inclusion and what their story is and what makes them unique, which allows our employees also to be able to share their stories and bring their authentic selves to work. And like we say at Bank of America, they can bring their whole selves to work. Thanks so much. So I'm wondering, Bank of America is a very large multinational organization. So how do you best communicate your diversity and inclusion strategy across that workforce? Absolutely. So we have a very disciplined approach, as you can imagine. We govern it in multiple ways. So first of all, we have a global diversity and inclusion council that is chaired by our own CEO, Brian Morningham. He attends every meeting. That council is comprised of senior leaders across the globe and across our company. They represent every region as well as every line of business within our organization. And we partner with that group, our global diversity inclusion organization, which I lead to set the diversity inclusion strategy for the organization. In addition to that, we support it through line of business or regional diversity inclusion councils. 
So every region or line of business has a council, and those councils are also accountable for implementing diversity and inclusion efforts within their specific line of business that fold up to the overarching enterprise strategy that's set at that GDIC or the Global Diversity and Inclusion Council. In addition to that, we have leaders that partner with every business and region that focus on diversity and inclusion, and they partner with HR and the lines of business to implement individual strategies. So we've funded full-time roles where individuals are partnering with the business to deliver against a strategy. And then lastly, we also have the organization I, I run, which is an enterprise focus globally for diversity and inclusion. Um, and we look at overarching enterprise strategies, overarching learning efforts. We look at the goals that we set across our company, specific efforts that are enterprise-wide, particularly targeted to underrepresented groups, as well as some of our external partnerships that we develop over time that will help us to continue to attract, develop, and retain diverse talent. So through these structures that we have in place, we are easily able to hold not only our organizations ourselves accountable for driving diversity efforts, but we leverage them as well for helping us to foster an inclusive environment where, again, all employees feel free to speak their minds and feel value for the work that they deliver and who they are at this company. And I would add that the whole DNI messaging is very organically shared through a lot of our programs that we have, whether it's in learning and development, our top talent programs, even our town halls that our CEO leads. Uh, he organically shares the DNI messaging, whether it's a quarterly business review or quarterly earnings call, our leadership offsites it's built in, um, just a mid-level leader meetings. We have huddle guides, meeting in a boxes that are provided where this message can be very organically passed on. So it's not you know, something which we keep separate. Hey, this is the DNI time. Let's talk DNI. This is just embedded as part of our entire process. Yeah, and to Namrata's point, the thing that I would mention is it's just not being the right thing to do when you think about diversity inclusion in an organization. It's not only that, but it makes business sense. So we all know diversity means business. So it's just a part of how we operate as an organization. It's not separate and distinct from everything else that we do as a company. So that this is fantastic stuff, and I think one of the things that I really am interested in getting your uh, take on is this next question, and really to, to set it up as HR professionals and talent management folks, we tend to put a lot of things on our managers' plates, and I would love to get your take on where diversity and inclusion falls on managers' priority list, and how do you hold them accountable for it? So overall, every manager has a diversity inclusion goal. So it's one goal as a component of their annual goals that they have for a year, and it's how we assess our managers at this company. But in recognition to your exact point that managers have a lot on their plates, a few years ago, we rolled out an effort called Manager Excellence, and it's a special monthly learning program targeted at mid-level managers. We wanted to give them what we call sort of bite-sized skills that they can invest in themselves over time that's virtual, that they could participate in, uh, that really helped them to be more effective at managing and what they do, but we infuse that with a whole element of inclusion and their role as, in terms of being an inclusive leader at this company. So I'd like to turn it over to Namrata to talk more about that as she's been leading a lot of the diversity work in this effort to highlight not only some of the work we've done, which we do think is amazing, but more importantly to talk about some of the outcomes year over year that we're starting to see from the managers participating in this uh, manager excellence program, particularly since it's not required, but yet we're seeing year-over-year -year growth in terms of participation. 
Thanks, Cynthia. So like I mentioned in a previous question, so, you know, we have integrated diversity and inclusion. So at, there was a point when we had DNI training, which was completely separate and was led separately. But what we did was, you know, thought about what would be the most effective way. Uh, how can we ensure that this dialogue is not separate from the business dialogue that we're having? So what we did, we included the DNI sessions and the programs as part of the Manager Excellence Program. It is also a part of a larger manager development portfolio. Our top talent portfolio has that. Our leadership uh, development, whether it's a senior leaders portfolio, also has DNI included in it. And what we found by doing this is that now this wasn't seen as something mandatory. And you know, as you all know, that sometimes DNI has a brand where we feel, oh my God, that's something I don't want to take a DNI training. But now people are coming back to it because the way we provide the resources is pretty interesting. So we bring in TED Talk speakers, best-selling authors, internal executives, and make it a very candid conversation, like an Oprah show, for instance. And we talk about inclusion topics like introverts and extroverts. How do we drive innovation through inclusion? We did something on connectional intelligence. And what this is doing is bringing people back over and over again. So you know, we already have seen more than 50,000 people who have completed training this year. And like I said, it is not mandatory. It's completely optional. So people are finding these on our learning management system, signing up and coming back for more. Um, what we also do with these series, we build in sustainment resources for a manager. So a manager goes through one of these. They have meeting in a box resource that they can literally pick up and take to the teams and share the content. And everything is very actionable. So we give them tips, resources that they can use as they leave the session. Uh, what we've also found is we get very real. So we actually call some of these series, Let's Get Real, where we have senior leaders getting very real about topics. Uh, recently, and I don't know if Cynthia, you want to talk about what we did with our employee network, Let's Get Real series, and talked about some recent happenings. Absolutely. So what Namrata is mentioning is we had about 7,000 people either in person or join virtually attend a session that we hosted most recently for just our employee network. And the session was talking about the intersection of work, family, and a lot of the recent events that have happened globally, which unfortunately has taken the lives of individuals in various different uh, communities. And the, the reason that we did this is we realized that it's tough to have these types of courageous dialogues and conversations about difficult topics, particularly around race or religion or other types of topics um, that relate to diversity that we just don't always openly talk about. But what we found from our people is sometimes the, the importance of these conversations enables them to really bring their whole selves to work when they understand that leaders and managers are engaging with them on things that matter to them in their lives, even their lives outside of our four walls of Bank of America. So we moderated this session with a panel of very diverse leaders who talked about their own reflections of these situations, but we ended with what can they do? What services do we have at this company to help? If you're a manager, how can you open up a conversation where you're not always sure what to say or how to say it? 
And then we gave them tips on, you know, sort of the do's and don'ts of these conversations. But really, it creates a forum. And it's interesting when we looked at the feedback, we have so many comments from people just saying thank you for enabling this conversation to occur. We know it's not always easy, but this helps me to understand that Bank of America cares about its people and that we care about having dialogue on difficult discussions that are happening, even externally, but what that means to us as employees working for this company. And I would also add from an impact perspective, so we don't just look at satisfaction of a course or application, but what we did was a multi-year statistical study recently, and we looked at managers who were taking more of these DNI and manager courses through manager excellence, tended to have higher engagement, higher performance. This is the first time in the history of Bank of America we were able to show a program actually, you know, kind of have a correlation between um, a program and high, high performance. And um, we saw that there's a lower attrition, voluntary attrition rate of direct reports for those managers and higher recognition that was given and received by those managers. So this was pretty revolutionary for us. And we know that, you know, these programs, these dialogues, these candid uh, moments are actually working and people are appreciating it. And we are seeing business impact as a result of it. Well, that's great. The whole measuring and evaluation of the program and showing business that impact, that's so important. It sounds like you guys are doing excellent work at Bank of America. So thank you for sharing with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. So we're going to continue this conversation at HCI's 2016 Global Talent Management Conference in New York. We'd also like to thank all of you for tuning in, and we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast if you've enjoyed what you've heard today. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. Lastly, one more big thank you to Cynthia and Namrata for providing this great content to our listeners. And if you're interested in learning more about what we've discussed in today's episode, you can find more resources on diversity and inclusion at hci.org. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of HCI, I'm Andrew Bateman.